0: Frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to Grown American forward slash John and order today.
1: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
0: This is SiriusXM XM Progress. I'm John Fuglesang. Welcome to the Night Spot here. A little show called Tell Me Everything, where we bring good trouble to the right wing bubble. Hello to everyone listening live. We love our evil army of the night. I invite you to call up and give us your thoughts all night long on this God forsaken debate um, and this electability forsaken debate. 866-997-4748. And hello to our day walkers. Everyone who's listening on tape, on demand, on the Sirius XM app, on the Sang podcast. We love all y'all. Uh, You've made the right choice listening the next day, but please, please give us a call live sometime any evening and join the fray eight six six nine nine seven grit or write our Facebook page. Tell us how you're feeling. There's so much to get to tonight that we actually only booked two guests. Our middle night will be open for the entire hour to get your thoughts on the news of the week. Donald Trump, not being able to practice business of the state of New York anymore. Uh, and of course, um, there's other things happening in the world. But we want to know your thoughts all night long while the debate's in progress. Give us a call. Tell us your thoughts. Who's the most ridiculous? Who's the most pathetic? Who, who's, who's just trying too hard? I know all of them. 866-997-4748 will be helped along in this slog by the great Bob Sesker in hour one. And our good friend, Dr. Tracy Pearson, joins us in hour number three. Hour number two is just you guys and catching up on a lot of news headlines because there's a lot of stuff happening. Let's get to it, friends and neighbors. It's been crazy. Chris Househeltz, our executive producer, the great Thea Harper is our producer running this thing out of Brooklyn. I'm so glad you're with us. Whew, we had our first, like, decent fall day where it wasn't covering down with rain all day long today here in New York City. It was quite beautiful. Um, name one Republican that has spent their entire political career standing up for working families. Just one. One Republican who's famous for being so devoted to fighting for working. Just name one who's made that their signature issue and and try to get back to me. We're only on the air for three hours. Uh, Let us know if you find one. And and then name another great business leader who also lost one billion (laughs) dollars. People seem to forget Donald Trump is not just the first billionaire president. He's the first billionaire president who also once lost a billion And apparently uh, inflated his assets by well over a billion more than once. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, Tonight, it's a day where we have to just celebrate what I call the Republican Empty Performative Theater Festival. Because it was all theater. It was all empty. It was all just performance. I don't even know where to begin. Why don't we begin with Kevin McCarthy? Three days before government funding runs out in your country. The weakest speaker in history... Leading the least productive House of Representatives in modern history. According to a new analysis from Center for American Progress, um, the average number of bills to pass the House during periods of divided government like this uh, by the 19th of September is two hundred ninety nine. That's the average when when it's this divided. Still, by September 19th, they've gotten two hundred ninety nine bills out of the House. McCarthy's has only had two hundred twenty four. About 75 short. And the last time a House of Representatives passed such a low number of bills was in the first nine months of 2013, when Republicans managed to hold on to the House after Barack Obama's re-election. According to this analysis by, by, by CAP, only 14 pieces of legislation, and two of them were resolutions, have been signed into law by President Joe Biden since McCarthy became Speaker of the House. It's going to be important to remember that the weakest speaker in history, and the least productive house in modern history. This chamber is on track to only be in session for 117 days a year, well below the average of 151 days in session per Congress from 2001 through 2022. Guys, put these guys on minimum wage, please. Half of them are already working just for the tips anyway. And today, Kevin McCarthy proved why he is the most unfit, cowardly House speaker we've ever had. I would call him feckless, but that would be an insult to all the babies born without feck. He rejected the bipartisan Senate funding bill uh, for no reason. For no reason. Why? Empty theater. That's why he had a closed door meeting today and he refused to back the Senate's emergency funding. He's claiming now that the 12 billion in aid for Ukraine to stop modern Hitler's invasion was his sticking point. Here is uh, Senator Chuck Schumer responding to questions about why the Senate would proceed with a bipartisan continuing resolution that will certainly not pass a deeply divided Republican-controlled
2: House. Should you guys continue down that path if this is not going to become law? I mean, Senator Tillis suggested this part. Look, the bottom line is, if they put uh, our bill on the floor, it would pass it would pass. Um, And so we just hope that Senator McCarthy understands, learns from the Senate example, that you can't do this in a partisan way. We're waiting for a bipartisan approach to come from Senator, uh, from Speaker McCarthy. If he doesn't come with a bipartisan approach, if he continues the partisanship, he's going to cause a shutdown. He knows that. You're not going to get it.
0: I mean, at this point, the only thing that can save Kevin McCarthy is if he cuts a deal with Democrats and says, hey, let's keep the government going. And then they're going to vote to fire me. And you Democrats will come save me. And I think that's fine. Make him your bitch, Democrats. Go ahead. He's already Matt Gaetz's bitch. It's just going to be it's 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 sad. I mean, and his decision is caving to the growing anti-Ukraine anti-democracy, pro-Putin, pro-authoritarianism, pro-civilian slaughter of women and children sentiment that exists within the MAGA base. I mean, some of them, uh, look at Byron Donald's, I think are even starting to support Russia's invasion. McCarthy's demand for border security funds, of course, shows the Republicans' fixation on the issue, and it shows he just can't lead. He can't lead. Nancy Pelosi was what, 163 years old when she was in there. And she was getting like from from AOC and the squad on the left all the way to the anti-abortion rights Democrats in Texas and getting them all on the same page. She knew how to handle her caucus. Kevin McCarthy is a middle aged man who's lost control of his own caucus. And McCarthy was hinting that Republican extremists like Matt Gates are shaping the party's direction. He said, I don't see the support in the House. Uh, meanwhile, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is the latest government official to publicly beg these miscreant Republicans to not shut down the government. Because, among other things, a shutdown will affect railway safety and air traffic controllers. Here's Secretary Pete obviously we're here to urge house republicans to settle their differences among themselves come to their senses and honor the deal that they made with president biden earlier this year if they fail to uphold this basic responsibility then they will trigger a completely avoidable shutdown if that happens then about 84 hours from now the u.s federal government will be forced to close threatening our economy our national security and leaving Americans in every state and territory less safe. But that will not inconvenience the Republicans in the House. And they don't care about American suffering because they'll always find a way to blame it on Hunter Biden and transgender children who want to play sports. Mitch McConnell is. Openly rebuking McCarthy, he said, we can fund the government for another six weeks or we can shut the government down in exchange for zero meaningful progress on policy. McCarthy, do you, sir, do you have any idea how much I hate agreeing with Mitch McConnell? Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Congressman Dean Phillips said it is undemocratic, unpatriotic. And a dereliction of duty for the Speaker of the House to prevent a vote on a bipartisan solution approved by three quarters of the Senate and three quarters of the House is standing at the ready to prevent an expensive and painful shutdown. Absurd and inexcusable. But that's the Republican Congress we got, baby. Kevin McCarthy and his house is going to starve poor people. They're going to shut down national parks. They're going to make sure military folk don't get paid. And while they're doing it, they're going to keep on pursuing an impeachment inquiry where there's not a shred of evidence douchebags go ahead keep on doing what. Well. joe biden is going to be able to campaign for re-election in pajamas and slippers at the i mean at least seven house republicans confirm they will still vote against a short-term funding bill so yeah our government's going to shut down one man is responsible i'm sorry i'm not even going to blame the matt gates anymore kevin mccarthy is to blame for this government shutdown because he won't bring to the House floor this funding bill that, again, is supported by the majority of senators from the Democratic Party and the majority of senators from the Republican Party and the White House and a majority of the members of the House. It is the Speaker's shutdown. He is so desperate, this hostage, to make his kidnappers like him that troops will not be getting their paychecks. It's going to happen in four days. Our military hangs in the balance. Your economy hangs in the balance. The Republican Party is incapable of governing. Kevin McCarthy has proved again, again, that he's the most unfit, chicken shit House speaker in history. Rejecting the bipartisan Senate bill. And damn it, Kevin, now now you've made me agree with Matt Gates too. Oof, empty theater. Next, well, Donald Trump. That coup-attempting, debate-dodging former host of Celebrity Apprentice who was fired from his own TV show for being racist, he scheduled a speech tonight in the suburbs of Detroit where he's going to try to blame everything the autoworkers are striking for on Joe Biden's efforts to encourage more electric vehicles to fight climate change. Uh, Spoiler alert, that is not why they're striking. Anyone who tells you is lying, anyone who believes it, has not been actually paying attention to the strikers. And why would I be surprised that Republicans weren't listening to what organized labor was saying? Donald Trump has an anti-worker and anti-union agenda, and that is what he is bringing in his pocket to Michigan tonight. The DNC is running billboards all around the Detroit area, reminding voters of Donald Trump's awful record with the auto industry. He said earlier today, we're going to go see the UAW. And that was a lie. And the media played the clip like it was news. He's not. The UAW said he is not welcome at their picket line. He has not asked to go to their picket line. They have called him a servant of billionaires. He's going to speak with non-union labor in a non-union factory because he's a non-union loser. Joe Biden stands with workers. Media... I'm sorry, but there's times when Donald Trump's not the bad guy in the room because you are. Stop saying he's speaking to union workers in Michigan today. He was not invited. He will not be speaking to union workers. I've seen headlines suggesting that's the case. He's visiting a non-union plant. The UAW said that Trump was missing in action, and they described him as what's wrong with this country, and they called out the pathetic irony, their words, of Trump's event that's being held quite a ways away from the striking union workers. Here's a video put out today of different, actual, striking United Auto Workers union members giving their thoughts on Donald Trump.
3: Donald Trump being re-elected would be very, very bad for unions in this country.
1: I know he wouldn't be work. fighting for us like Biden does. Trump went to the non-union and our, our president came here, so let's go UAW. Being
0: yeah, they're right, they're all right. The place he's going again is non-union, non-union. He wasn't invited to show up by the union because he's anti-union. He was invited by union-busting owners. This is Donald Trump's record, okay? He rolled back worker protections. He tried to keep millions of workers from getting paid leave. He blocked overtime for workers. He's against the minimum wage increase. The worst theater here isn't Trump, it's the media. It is unacceptable of any media outlet to equate the Biden visit with the Trump visit. If your media does it, they are bloody well lying to you. Trump stayed away from the picket line. Joe Biden went arm in arm with the picket line. Every news broadcast needs to make that clear. And by the way, a new Biden-Harris campaign ad focusing on Donald Trump's invisible support for union workers just dropped. Give a listen.
4: He says he stands with auto workers, but as president, Donald Trump passed tax breaks for his rich friends while automakers shuttered their plants and Michigan lost manufacturing jobs. Joe Biden said he'd stand up for workers and he's delivering, passing laws that are increasing wages and creating good paying jobs. Manufacturing is coming back to Michigan because Joe Biden doesn't just talk, he delivers. I'm Joe Biden and I approve this message.
0: Donald Trump, performance number two in Republican Empty Theater Festival. It's nothing but performance. Now let's go to the most empty theater the Republicans are doing all day long in our festival of empty theater. And that would be the presidential debate this evening, or as Donald Trump calls it, Henchman Khan, seven people auditioning to be vice president, auditioning for book deals, media gigs or just higher public speaking fees. Seven of Donald Trump's rivals, seven of Donald Trump's flunkies pretending they're his rivals for the presidential nomination, returning to the debate stage once again without Trump on stage himself and likely without any guts to go after his greatest vulnerability. The fact that he has 91 different criminal charges in four jurisdictions that could put him in prison for the rest of the of his miserable life. Chris Christie, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, and Doug Burgum, who doesn't have the polling, but he has the deep pockets. Doug Burgum's buying his way into these debates. It's kind of disgusting. These seven qualified for this event in Simi Valley, California, and they're going to make their case to conservatives tonight that they're the best to defeat Joe Biden next year. Trump won't be there. Uh, Trump argues he's so far ahead in polls, he shouldn't give his rivals a chance to take shot at him on stage. And he's exactly right. He would be very dumb to go. He will not get a wider lead than 50 points by showing up there it will only make him look weaker. And, you know, if that debate we sat through last month in Milwaukee is any sign, these seven candidates, except for Chris Christie, will do anything they can do to avoid criticizing Trump. They're going to try to even avoid mentioning him. I mean, DeSantis has been running in second place for nearly a year. And the longer he stays in there, the less popular he gets. So this could be his big chance to reverse that. You might see DeSantis give Trump a couple of slaps here. Uh, Maybe Nikki Haley. But again, you know, Trump is smart to not go there. It would only hurt him. Asa Hutchinson, who was on the stage last time and who was the other guy, who said, he would not support Trump if he were the nominee. He failed to qualify for this second debate tonight. He said in a statement he'll continue to campaign for at least the next two months, trying to gain some traction. Now, you might be wondering, why are they even doing this? I mean, what is the point of these debates if the front runner by 50 points isn't there and the other candidates are unwilling to engage him in any way? I mean, the voting's going to start in less than four months in Iowa. Why are they even doing it? Joe Walsh, our friend, former Republican congressman from Illinois, said that Trump is in a stronger position within the Republican Party than he was the last time these candidates debated. And he's right. I mean, the only real wrinkle here is that Trump's leads in the early voting states are smaller than his lead on the national stage, which means the voters in New Hampshire and Iowa, who are generally paying closer attention to the race, they're more open to other candidates. It's not a lot. People are saying Nikki Haley had a Great debate last time because she smacked down Vivek Ramaswamy. Guys, that's not a hard thing to do. Mike Pence smacked down Vivek Ramaswamy. But what is their hope? I I believe Nikki and uh, Tim Scott are just auditioning for vice president. But how can any of these people hope to get the nomination when Trump's got a 50-point lead? Well, he could be convicted of mishandling of the national defense documents or obstruction of justice. He could be convicted of defrauding the United States by orchestrating a conspiracy to overturn the election that he knew he lost. I mean, those things would take him out. But except for Chris Christie, all of these losers and clowns by by saying they'll pardon Trump. I mean, Chris Christie is the only one on stage who said he wouldn't pardon Trump. So they're all saying they don't support the rule of law. They don't support democracy. They don't mind sedition. They don't mind crimes. Every one of them, except Chris Christie, is disqualified from ever being near the White House. So a year from now, when this is all over and Donald Trump has lost his whole business and he's been convicted of like, you know, 60 out of 90 charges and he's facing decades of prison. Are are they going to still say they'll vote for him? Will they still do it? The Republican National Committee has scheduled a third debate for November 8th in Miami, and it'll be tougher to get in there. There'll be even fewer candidates. And it's sad to think that one third of this country is still in this cult so badly. But this is the best the Republican Party has to offer? I get it. That's the reason Trump's leading the nomination. Look what he's up against. Here's what's funny. This is going to be held tonight at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. It's kind of beautiful. They did this in 2015, too, in front of that big old plane. Ronald Reagan, who turned America from a creditor nation to a debtor nation. Ronald Reagan, who never balanced a budget who grew the government bigger by 61,000 jobs. Ronald Reagan, who had to raise taxes 11 times because trickle-down economics was such a disaster. Ronald Reagan, who illegally armed the Iranians, who killed our Marines in Beirut, who made a segregationist the chief justice of our Supreme Court. That's who they're going to be worshiping tonight. And there's ironies, too. There's the other side of Reagan. These candidates are all going to be arguing for more guns in the library of a president who got shot. These candidates are going to accuse Joe Biden of helping our enemies while they're in a library of a man who armed both Saddam Hussein and the Ayatollah. They're going to demonize immigrants at the library of a president who once gave immigrants amnesty and called for open borders. Ronald Reagan sold weapons to Iran. He gave amnesty to millions of undocumented people. He fought for gun control. He raised taxes 11 times. It's kind of fitting they're having a meeting there because they're paying tribute to him by becoming amnesiacs. Irony just hung itself in a cheap hotel. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be back in just a moment with your calls and the great Bob Seska. There's a lot to cover and it's a really good time to be a person with empathy and intelligence who can spell the word you are (laughs) correctly. We'll be right back.
1: slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month.
6: freaker or wherever you get your podcast on because you know i love it when you do
0: all right it's already been a crazy week Today is a day of history. Today well, today's a day of performative theater between Trump's fake visit to a fake union house and this fake debate and Kevin McCarthy's fake negotiations. But yesterday was a day of history. First time a president, a sitting president, goes on a picket line. The Supreme Court actually decides that Alabama's too racist even for them, and Donald Trump showed yesterday that he blew everything Barack Obama and his father. <laughs> left him in their wills he inherited so much and blew it all that's why i'm glad bob's here i love you maybe know bob from the daily banter from the salon from stephanie miller show he does one of the best podcasts in the politics talk game it's a great pleasure to welcome mr
3: seska back to sirius xm thank you so much john yes it is a historic time i i never thought that we'd be in this place where donald trump would be convicted of fraud i'm kidding of course (laughs) obviously we all saw this coming a mile away you know, his whole thing is fraud. His whole persona is fake and phony and made up. I mean, that's just the great irony of Donald Trump kind of uh, reinvigorating the term fake news, which was actually invented by Norm MacDonald. Uh, Trump. That's right. Sort of claiming that as his own as part of his brand. There's so much irony in that because everything about Donald Trump is fake. Everything. It's really true. Now, when you say this fraud, you're not referring
0: to the Trump Organization fraud ruling earlier this year of one point two million. Or are you referring to the the Trump University fraud, which was twenty six million or the Trump Foundation fraud, which was two million and he was banned from running a charity? I, I have a hard time keeping track of all Don's cons.
3: Yeah, it could be any one of those things. Uh, The list goes on and on. And shocking, isn't it, that he would start a fraudulent university, have a fraudulent foundation. Uh, He's indicted on filing fraudulent business uh, papers uh, based on his uh, hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. So this goes on and on and on, John. And by the way, I I don't know if you realize this, but but his face really isn't tanned. He He doesn't really have yellow blonde hair. Or whatever what? he call it, yellow, what did he call it, raspberry hair? Oh, no, strawberry. Strawberry <laughs> blonde, yeah. Self-identified hair color, strawberry. Uh, no, and it's not that color. He's not really six three, two twenty. These are all really? things that are fake about
0: Donald I Trump. I have it on good authority, sir, that his teeth are every bit as real as his marriage vows. So, you know, <laughs> let's, let's put that in some perspective. That's
3: right, yeah.
0: Um, Hey, listen, I didn't think we'd be having a funeral for the Trump organization, but let's pour a 40 out for our homies there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Fred Trump, Fred Trump's company uh, looks like it's about to be kaput. And there's so much that we need to understand here. I mean, false assets, net worth and business fraud lies. Bob, if they can go after Trump for lying to banks and insurance companies, they can go after all of us for it, can't they?
3: Yeah, you didn't hear the rumbling in New York this afternoon, the the sound of Fred Trump rolling in his grave. Everyone thought it was an earthquake, but it was actually Fred Trump just spinning and spinning in his grave uh, (laughs) because of what his son and his uh, his grandkids have done to this business. And uh, I've been thinking all day what happens to Trump Tower. I mean, this has been a point of conversation on social media as well. Mm-hmm. What will happen to Trump Tower? And I'm very serious when I say and in fact, I mentioned this right before the 2020 election. I, I may have written about it a couple of times. I don't remember exactly, but uh, I think that Trump Tower needs to be demolished. And in its place, a memorial to the victims of COVID and mm. especially the ones that Donald Trump was personally responsible for because of his incompetent response to the pandemic. So that's my proposal. And if that's not going to happen, if they want to leave the building up, they should just add the name Mary right before it says Trump Tower to so make it the Mary <laughs> Trump Tower.
0: Well, <laughs> that, that, can I can I differ a little yeah. bit? Because, I mean, I'm still hoping there's a chance it'll be called the E. Jean Carroll Tower by this time next year. But, um, oh, sure. you yeah. know, yeah. I, I kind of feel like what we should do with it is clear the place <laughs> out and make it housing for all of these migrants, considering it was, in fact, built by illegal immigrants in the 1980s. Let's not forget. Donald Trump has been hiring undocumented workers because he doesn't want to pay a living wage to American workers in two different centuries.
3: The question is, what does the uh, biggest uh, state run bank from China do about their particular part of Trump Tower? The things that the traditional news media doesn't talk about, the fact that, yeah, they you know, the largest national bank in China is leasing a couple of floors of Trump Tower, you know, because right. Donald Trump has nothing to do with China. <laughs> it's yeah, not, I mean, it's all to Joe nothing Biden's nothing of, problem right? to say
0: nothing of the Saudis that have bought up space in that tower of as course, well. I mean, this is how of bribes are done. But this is to me is what's most remarkable. Not that it's a, a, a you know, a victory against Trump this sort of fraud goes on all the time i mean i think just donald trump got so sloppy and so messy that prosecutors decided to take him down for something lots of corporations do this is how money gets laundered and now trump and his top executives and his two oldest sons have been declared completely liable of persistent and repeated fraud and his entire real estate empire (laughs) has been unceremoniously stripped of its business licenses in new york i mean that potentially makes him worthless in this state because he can't launder money here anymore. That's really what it was. He was always bragging he was the king of debt. But in this century, he began buying everything in cash, and his two sons were saying that Russia was giving them most of their income. I mean, it's it's right there out in the open. Uh, Is there a chance, Bob, that... He's going to just be able to delay this and delay this and delay this. I mean, it now with this and the Eugene Carroll second uh, de- defamation trial, he's had two consecutive trials where judges have determined him guilty before the trial even begins. This trial still yeah. starting next week. The only question about it will be how much in penalties should he pay?
3: Right. He's obviously going to appeal after the actual trial portion of this, uh, and that will fail. I I don't think that he'll be successful in those appeals, but he's going to try to prolong this as much as possible. And I always think in these terms, and it's super morbid of me to say this, but I wonder if Donald Trump is constantly calculating like, OK, well, if I can appeal this for long enough, maybe I'll be dead before the real ramifications <laughs> drop into my lap here. Maybe I'll be dead before I actually have to go to prison or relinquish the Trump organization. So I, I wonder if on some level that is circulating through that worm infested brain of his. And I'd like to think that it is. I'd like to think that he's pondering his own mortality. I don't know that that's actually the case. Because I don't he think does he have is. that toxic positivity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that he's yeah, wired for that.
0: No, I think he's I think he's wired for snorting some crushed up Adderall and just going to have a big fake <laughs> rally in, in, in Michigan tonight yeah. and just focusing on adoration. I mean, I, I literally don't. I, he is the goldfish who only thinks about that castle and forgets about it mm-hmm. every time he swims past it. That's that's. Yeah, the guy, yeah. And it's worked so far, like not being reflective has paid off for him in many ways throughout his whole life. This whole thing is just I, I mean, how is it not building to the last scene of
3: Scarface, Mr. Seska? <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because he keeps making things worse for himself. I mean, and in in fact, I actually for the first time ever signed up for an account on Troth Central. Uh, You did? I think that's the name of his app. Congratulations. Yeah. Or that's at least what he calls the app. He's called it Troth Central in the past. So I'm just going to call it Troth Central. And I signed up just to verify the existence of a couple of posts that he put up there today, both of which make things worse for him. Because Donald Trump always makes things worse for Donald Trump. And at one point he was talking about his financial statements and he said, there is a powerful disclaimer clause. Of course, everything has to be powerful in Donald Trump's mind. Everything that he references has to be the most powerful thing ever. There is a powerful disclaimer clause on the first pages of the financial statements. It states that nothing in the financial statement should be accepted as fact. So Donald Trump is saying that there's something on his financial statements that said these numbers could all be lies. And he's Mm. admitting that publicly. And then he said in a subsequent post, he said that his assets are actually much greater than what they are reported on the financial statements. Of course. So I I wonder if the Internal Revenue Service might be interested in that, knowing that Donald Trump is lowballing his assets on his financial statements. And he's actually worth a lot more, which he should then be taxed for. Uh, And so there is another layer of fraud on top of everything else. And he's admitting it publicly like an idiot. I mean, what what is
0: what is more significant to you yesterday? Like the Trump organization essentially being told to dissolve or the first sitting president showing up at a picket line? I mean, both events are so incredibly historic and they happen at the same time.
3: But, you know, uh, a commander, Joe Biden's dog, bit another Secret Service agent. So never mind the fact that Joe Biden was part of history. over the, uh, the past uh, 24 hours now i mean th- obviously joe biden's doing an amazing job and i and i wish that that was reflected more in the coverage of joe biden where we see more of these success stories being discussed rather than this silly season nonsense which invariably gets inflated to the same level of coverage as the thousands and thousands of donald trump things and that's the conundrum, I think, that we find ourselves in with the news media, where in order to create that false equivalence, that false balance, they take commander biting a Secret Service agent and then they that's the big story of the day for Joe Biden or He's oh, it's Joe Biden's age. That's the story of the day. So we're going to talk about that, inflate that to the same level of importance as all the Trump things. And so no wonder we see in some of these polls, provided they're not janky, unreliable polls. But uh, we see these results being played out with American voters where they're just reflecting back the same thing. Yeah, because most people, you know, look, ultimately, you've got people who are voters who don't necessarily follow politics the way we do which is, at least speaking for myself, 24-7, they tend to tell pollsters maybe the most recent thing they heard as they were walking by a television set in their living room, and that's their response to the pollster. And yes. so that doesn't necessarily reflect what's really going on. It's just reflecting True. what people are hearing fed back to them through the news media.
0: Up? Well, you bring, up two, two really good, you bring up two really good points, as you are wont to do, Mr. Seska. Number one Thank being you. that, uh, well, <sighs> for me, the most despicable thing is the media double standard. How I saw so many reports saying, not to be outdone... Former President Trump makes his visit to see auto workers today. The amount of false equivalencies regarding these two very profoundly morally different visits to the Detroit area and the media trying to pass it off as today's Donald Trump's turn. When in reality, Donald Trump is an enemy of organized labor, does not support the unions and has consistently throughout every phase of his career, always favored management over labor, which was just one of many reasons why he couldn't find a home in the Democratic Party after
3: trying for years. Yeah, it's about the benefit of the doubt, it seems to me. I think the traditional press, and it's most often cable news, we see it a lot on cable news, where they give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt because of some sort of journalistic code that hasn't quite caught up with the style of politics that Donald Trump plays. So consequently, the coverage is skewed toward taking him seriously rather than questioning what it is he's doing. So, oh, he he's going to Detroit. I guess that's good. Joe Biden's also going to Detroit. So there, both sides, they're that's both it. doing it that's and it, it. and they both get credit. And so therefore it nullifies everything. Rather than going, okay, well, Donald Trump's being cynical about this because he's going to Detroit, but he's not actually going to a unionized factory. So that's the first question It's like you, you go there first because it's Donald Trump, because he's an unreliable narrator of his own story. And uh, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And, and so but I think everyone takes them at face value because that's all they can do in the context yeah. of doing straight news reporting.
0: And but it's not. I it's understand not. that. I mean, they, can, yeah. they can call out lies. Like, I, I've had it with this media. They they, they can call out lies. And, and yeah, a lot yeah. of them have gotten better at it. But the other thing, to what your point was, I, I, I'm, I'm refusing to get worried about what polls say 14 months before an election, 13 months before an election. I'm sorry. I just feel like it's not yeah. even a horse race now. The media is just trying to do anything they can do to get people angry, including getting liberals angry about polls to get more traction on their pieces. I, I just, it's way, way too soon. I, I did want to ask you about that really weird event over the weekend where the people who are cheering because hunter biden's being indicted for buying a gun when he wasn't allowed yeah. to buy one mm-hmm. <laughs> are now defending uh, indicted uh, for a felony donald trump trying to buy a glock without trying to pass a background check. And even though it is currently not legal for him to buy one, what, what happened this weekend? I, I I caught part of the story fleetingly and I just, the, the, the fumes of the hypocrisy stung my eyes and I had to turn away.
3: (laughs) There's so many layers to this. I think the first layer is Donald Trump was lying about buying the Glock. Donald Trump is a notorious cheapskate. There is no way he spent money at that store, at that gun store. I think Donald Trump, fears guns as much as well maybe not as much as but pretty much at the same level as i do i mean i'm not a big fan of firearms i don't i don't necessarily i mean i have a a, a replica of an 1861 uh rifled musket from the civil war but that's not i mean you can't really consider that as a usable thing but in terms of donald trump i think he's got this uh this innate fear of firearms. You could tell by the way he was kind of daintily holding it. He was, you know, what it reminded me of when he was holding that Glock. It reminded me of like uh, Alan Alda in MASH when he would hold a gun, like he would hold it like on the very end and it was just sort of hang down. He wouldn't even grip it because he was so terrified of it going off or something. And that's that's where Donald Trump was. And so uh, so there's that. So you got the the lie about buying the gun. You've got the fact that he was terrified of the gun he was being presented very right. clearly. And then the third layer to all of it was, yes, it, it would have been it was illegal for him to even touch the gun for that for that Glock to be handled by Donald Trump was in and of itself illegal, because as Andrew Weissman described on MSNBC the other night, it's illegal To receive a firearm if you're under felony indictment and by receiving one that means a firearm that's been transferred across state lines and then presented to someone who should not be holding that firearm so even Mm -hmm. the fact that he didn't buy it and probably never would have bought it doesn't matter because he received it anyway he was there holding it posing with it he's not supposed to even touch it Yeah, it's like all of his his
0: flunkies who tweeted about it deleted their tweets right away as soon as they realized the entire thing was illegal.
3: (laughs) Right. Yeah. But yet again, another example of Donald Trump's ongoing fraud and everyone Mm. and the the American nervous breakdown that we see in progress right now with at least uh, nearly half of the voting population in this country is based on the fact that. They see this guy who's the most notorious liar in the world right now, maybe other than Vladimir Putin. I think Vladimir Putin's at the top of that list. But Trump Fair. is the most notorious and second of Vladimir Putin, the most notorious liar in the world right now. But they all think that he's the only one telling the truth and that everyone else is lying. And yeah, that's right. Just, just that it's story about the gun emphasizes how wrong that is, how twisted that view Uh, Of these deluded suckers believing that this guy is sincere when he's absolutely the least sincere person to ever step on the national political stage. Absolutely! Oh how I long for the
0: integrity of a Nixon! I really do. I miss it so much. And you know, yeah. it, 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 bringing it back to Hunter Biden, isn't it great to see the Republican Party cracking down on the three things they hate the most: uh, presidential children having corrupt business deals, mm-hmm. um, people not paying their taxes properly, and improperly registered gun ownership. Wow! Finally, yeah. the GOP is taking on the issues they care about. Uh, and, I, Bob, and what I, you
3: really need is what you really need is a president who's uh, been a fraud at business, been a fraud at politics, and been a fraud at money. I mean, it's just all stacks up. Make him president. Yes, put him in charge of the economy. Great idea. Mr. Seska,
0: any predictions for uh, the Republican debate tonight?
3: Um, Other than a series of the letter Z coming out of my head. Just a long string of snoring sounds, I think. There's no... Honest to God, John, we're going to finish up here. I'm not going to watch that thing. It's absolutely 1,000% pointless. There is nothing new that's going to happen that's going to change the dynamics of the Republican primary. Trump obviously isn't going to be there, and he's the front runner, so there's no real point. Everything else is going to be woke this and dog whistle that, and Nikki Haley's going to invoke Kamala Harris a bunch of times, and that's going to be the two hours or whatever it's going to be on Fox News Channel. So it's it's really not even worth paying attention to. So that's that's kind of my, my take uh, on the I whole know. thing. I, I know. See, and I'm normally gonna be on I the...
0: watch these things, but, you know, I'm going to be on tour next year. So I I, I got to write the material. I got to watch it It's homework for me. But yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I think two of them are credibly auditioning for vice president, Tim Scott, and Nikki Haley. Um, yeah. And both of them have a very good shot of being either Trump or DeSantis's VP. But I think the rest of them yeah, they're auditioning for media gigs or higher public speaking fees. I mean, their only hope is that these indictments stick or the six inches of plaque around Donald Trump's heart keeps him from running for president. <laughs> Otherwise, I I don't know why they're do- I mean, a 50 point lead he has over these people, Bob, I, I hate agreeing with Trump. But it would be stupid of him to attend this. He's making the right choice.
3: Oh, yeah, of course, of course. And then everyone there is going to like the the craven idiots they are. They're going to dance around the Donald Trump issue and not take him on in the slightest because they're terrified of him and they're terrified. I think rightfully so. I think they're rightfully terrified of Donald Trump's fans. I mean, mean, Chris Christie, Chris, I would be too. Chris
0: Christie in the debate just called Donald Trump a chicken, afraid of coming on stage for the debate, and he got booed by the crowd. So that's yeah, where it's going, go. and Chris Christie yeah. is the bravest one, and he stayed with Trump for the entirety of his first term. So, yeah, that's <laughs> yes, as good as it gets. Mr. Yep. Seska, you are the best at what you do. What is the best way for our audience to follow you and keep up with all your many doings?
3: Oh, you can follow my podcast at BobSeskaShow dot com and uh, everywhere you get your podcast. And also, I'm on Instagram. My handle on that website is uh, the Bob Seska, so you can follow me there too. I just called I'm Instagram really... a website. Uh, because I'm old. It is. It's fine. Call it a website. I know. I'm, usually, well, people call it social media platform, but I call it a website
0: because I'm old school. Oh, listen, when I when I hook up my dial up, that's the first website I go to uh, on my landline uh, laptop <laughs> machine. Um, and, and we're hoping you and Mary Trump get to return very soon with your Star Trek podcast.
3: Yes, fingers crossed. We're really looking forward to it. I'm going to have like a full on nerdgasm as soon as the uh, the actor strike is resolved. As soon as that's here, done, my, my whole Twitter feed is going to be nothing but all the things I've stored up over the past Brilliant. several months. To blurt about all the nerdy things that we love so much. So looking forward Bob, it's to a it.
0: pleasure having you with us. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Enjoy not watching the Republican debate. We will continue to bring you all highlights. Our number is 866-997-4748. And we're going to have a whole hour of open phones. Can't wait to hear from you. We'll be right back.
1: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery.
0: I'm John Fuglesang. This is SiriusXM Progress. Yes, Chris? John.
7: Yes, what? Uh, I just wanted to check in with the debate with you one more time, let you know how it's going oh, yeah, over there. yeah,
0: please. I, it's going really well, right? They're all, it's a really free-flowing give-and-take with sure, respectful sure. attitudes towards and each other and a bunch of unselfish know, people giving their
7: visions <clears throat> to help working folks with all these uh, candidates on stage, I not we don't wanna uh, forget about the moderators. Of course, in the, in the run-up here, you know, everyone's been saying this is a big moment for Dana Perino to oh, really yes. stand out. This is her moment in the spotlight here. She's been working her whole career up for this moment, so let's just uh, see what she's got going on.
8: Back to the final minutes. I could go another hour, but we only have a few minutes and candidates. It's now obvious that if you all stay in the race, former President Donald Trump wins the nomination. None of you have indicated that you're dropping out. So, which one of you on stage tonight should be voted off the island? <laughs> Please use your marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you. Fifteen <laughs> seconds, starting now. Of the P- Wow,
0: Gosh. I mean, it's good to know that the moderators are as unserious as the candidates. Um, how did that survivor bit turn out? Did people ever sit back right?
3: I have no idea. I have no idea. You know, they all said Vivek. Wow.
0: <laughs> you know, Dana Perino, remember the Bush administration? In the Bush administration, it was just like this Red Rover game between the White House and Fox News. It just, just You just go back and forth all you want. I know that's the normal now. God knows Jen Psaki and other people in this administration. But, whoo, man. Dana Perino. You know, it's a good thing people have uh, very short memories um, the, in the, the, the candidates Reagan re- The candidates refuse to do it. They did. Good for them. Oh, a rare moment of dignity in the entire evening. Ugh. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by our good friend, Dr. Tracy Pearson. Really quick, let's get to a couple of your calls while y'all are waiting. Catherine in Florida, thank you for your patience. Good evening and welcome.
5: Hello, Mr. John. Um, okay. I just wanted to let you know that um, down here in Florida, um, while Mr. DeSantis, uh, Governor DeSantis, I'm sorry, has been going all over the state. Down here in Florida, we're having a lot of problem with the insurance with homeowners. Uh, A lot of insurance agencies have left the state, leaving them only to have to rely on citizens' insurance, the state insurance. Uh, They just came out today and announced that they're raising their rates by 11.5%, and I'm sure all these homeowners are going to be thrilled about that, but please don't worry because... Drag queens are still not allowed to read in libraries.
0: Yeah. How is Ron DeSantis going to blame this on Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, or transgender children?
5: I also want to know um, how he's going to explain when he's going to have to implement a um, state income tax. Because due to the abortion laws, we're going to have an awful influx of incoming little Christian babies.
0: Yeah, you uh, are.
5: That all have to be educated, fed, clothed. House, That's right. Sheltered until they're 18. And where's that That's money right. going to come from?
0: So. You know where it's going to come from. The local taxpayer. The same thing when they refuse to take Medicaid matching funds or you know, let Obamacare get more people uh, have health insurance in their states. What that means is socialism. When someone's sick, they show up at the emergency room and the local taxpayers foot the bill. They're doing the same thing now in all these states. They are taking the most poor women in the states and punishing the pregnant ones with greater poverty. Works out really well long-term for, for a state economy.
5: Thank you very much, Mr. John. I hope you have a pleasant rest of your show.
0: Ah, uh, you're the best. Thank you so much, Catherine. We're at eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty eight. Thank you. Charles in Miami. Are you with us, Charles? It's so good to have you. Hey, how you doing? I'm great, sir. How you doing?
6: Oh, I'm fine. I just thought about something, but um, probably you can answer quicker than I can Google it. Do you remember um, when... I think before or right at the time Biden got inaugurated, you heard like former DOD and um, generals. I think it was about, I don't know, 200 or 300 wrote a letter, an op ed, and they were saying something like, um, really, Trump won?
0: Trump won? Yeah. Uh, Yes, I do remember this. It was, yeah, I remember this. This was, uh, was, it was right around the inauguration. It was 124 retired officers. Okay. And um, they wrote a letter that spread the lie that uh, President Joe Biden stole the election. Um, and a lot of current and former military members spoke out after that because that was a clear sign that our military was being dragged into this disgusting partisan warfare. Yeah. These, uh, these judges disgraced their uniform and mocked their own service. Mm. They Let said under, the I, I have the letter the- right here. I have the letter right here. Under a Democrat Congress and the current administration, our country has taken a hard left turn towards socialism and a Marxist form of tyrannical government, which must be countered now, blah, 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 blah. Because you know that that hardcore Marxist, Joe Biden, look at how he's been nationalizing private industry.
6: And, and at such a pivotal time, was this at inauguration or before the inauguration?
0: This is a few months after, it was in May.
6: Okay, it was in May. It's yeah. uh, such a pivotal time like that because I can remember all the, you know, the fencing they had around the Capitol mm-hmm. and, you know, everything after January 6th as far as, you know, the security was heightened. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. But and, that wasn't a problem. And, that wasn't a problem for them. You know, right. that wasn't a problem.
6: So my, no, so my thing is this. Are they collecting? Are they still collecting, Um, you know, their
0: pension? Yeah, they have free speech rights. Yeah. Mm, okay, and they were they were retired. Uh, they were all re- they were retired military. They were not they were not in active duty service attacking the commander in chief. They were retired.
6: I got you. Um, my question, is, I mean, the reason I'm bringing all this up, and I wanted you to go back that far, is you can you articulate it better than I can. But you have also said that it's Tommy Tuberville holding up those military, uh, um, you know, um,
0: yeah, the appointments,
6: appointments. Because they wanted to put Trump people in there later on, if Trump was to win, and I'm wondering, you know, is it those generals? Do they have those type of people in mind if Trump was to finally win and that's get a good rid question, of huh? the Millies? You know, the, the, the Millies that's already in the surf. I mean, it's, you know, that, that's in there right now. Because yeah, I, I, I just think you, you, you can't put nothing past the Republic.
0: No, I mean, think about how Michael, Michael Flynn is a, a convicted, confessed felon who was taking money from a foreign government while having access to top-secret security. He's been fired by two different presidents, pled guilty, and was pardoned by the president who fired him, and that guy could be a high-ranking military official within, you know, 16 months' time.
6: Right, so, I mean, I guess so you he can't wa- put nothing on I believe, um, what's his name, Stephen from Kentucky, he, he got the best quote for the night. I believe Donald (laughs) Trump should be in Guantanamo Bay. We shouldn't waste any more time. Do what you got to do. Let's get rid of this threat.
0: That's right. You know what? I, 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 It'd be great to see him in Guantanamo Bay. It'd be great to see him in The Hague. I will settle for seeing him broken, disgraced. Charles, thank you so much for the call. It's so good to hear from you. I want to welcome in our hour three guest. We are very lucky around these parts on Wednesday nights because we get to party with Dr. Tracy Pearson. I first developed my brain crush on Dr. Tracy when we were panelists on a News Nation show together. Uh, she's a legal analyst and a consultant. She does lots of TV and radio and Forbes and the New York Post and Cheddar News. Please welcome people of Earth back to the show, Dr. Dr. Tracy Pearson, live from L.A. Hi, Tracy. How you doing tonight?
8: Good evening, John. I, I do believe that I managed to retain almost all of my brain cells watching that debate.
0: Now, did you make it the whole way through?
8: I made it up to just before the, the I guess, the survivor uh, edition of, of the debate um, because I had to get ready for this. But... Um, yeah, I my husband walked into the house and I was sitting on the couch and, and I had this pained look on my face. And he's like, are you OK? And I just pointed to the TV and he said, oh. um, so, so,
0: I mean, they, yeah, they, I understand. Like they ask, you know, which one would you vote off the island? And the only one who answered it was Chris Christie, who said Trump.
8: I He had a good one tonight. I mean, it was a dad jokey sort of thing, but it was a good one. It was he gave Donald Trump a nickname and, what was and it? you know. It was uh, Donald Duck. If he didn't oh. show up to these debates, he was going to be called uh, Donald Duck.
0: Can I just say, like, they used that on George H. W. Bush thirty years ago. Like the Donald Duck thing is—I mean, people in duck costumes have been following candidates who avoid debates for many, many years. Wow, Chris Christie's—at least he's into recycling other people's material. That's—that's that's something he, environmental.
8: I'm not saying that it was high quality comedy. What I'm saying is that that at least the guy's name is is Donald, and it matched and and it'll drive donald uh, you know trump absolutely insane because uh, you know while he's in, in while you know in those moments where he isn't fretting about his tower in new york city that's yeah. that's what's you know going on in his he's not even thinking about classified documents at this point he is thinking about new york the place that he moved out of. oh
0: yeah well, in um, fairness, cl- classified documents is, I think, f- uh, five trials away, six, trials, <laughs> five trials away. <laughs> so yes. there's a while to go between now and then. Um, I-, I have many, many questions about it. Did you think anyone came up well tonight? I heard once again that Nikki Haley had a good night compared to the direct she was on stage with. But that's not saying much.
8: I don't think she had a good night at all. I, I think that-, that for one, um, she had a blurb on the back of Vivek's book. Um, where she praises his intelligence, and, nice. uh, and I don't know if you guys talked about it earlier, but he, he, there's a there's a book and and sh- that he wrote that that she's got a a you know one of those blurbs on the back of where she talks about this is this is exactly the person who we need the voice we need to be hearing from. So then tonight she stood up and said, you know, I get dumber every time I hear you. Um, so I didn't think that worked out very well Oof, for her. I also found nice. the moxisylling comment. Yeah. What, tell, amoxic- tell us what that
0: was. What, what was the amoxicillin comment? Yeah,
8: there was only one company that was making it in the United States. And and she was trying to create this whole big, you know, we can't be buying from China and overseas. And I and that's why we have these shortages. And I, I went and I pulled up the FDA website and I pulled up the page that shows you exactly all the companies that make drugs in this country, including the generic Mm -hmm. brands. And I'm like, I I tweeted it and sent it to her and said, maybe your staff didn't didn't catch this um, because that's not correct. Um, What I was struck by tonight was out of every single person's mouth came untruth It just every single person's mouth became something that was just simply not factual. And and it was performative and 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 false. Just just lying has become so ingrained in 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 in, in more than before. Like before it was exaggeration. Like true lying about facts. Um
0: can you give me an example, please?
8: Well, I, things like um Like I said, the amoxicillin comment, the the lying by sort of implication or omission. You know, you've got somebody like Ron DeSantis who's throwing, you know, we need to to, you know, maintain the relationship between the patient and the doctor coming out of his mouth. And I said, put soap in his mouth because (laughs) he destroyed that with with abortion care. Um, right. you, you have somebody who like him, who is saying, uh, you know, I, I, I served in the military overseas, you know, during wartime, you tested P yes, you served, but don't, <laughs> let's not drum up the, the, you know, let's not, let's not expect, you were no jet fight, you know, pilot, you know, you know, fighter right. jet pilot, you, you right. were not top gun buddy. And then there's stuff like, you know, when Pence comes out and, and just the tight, ty- you know, they, they, they're all over. Biden over his age, let's get yeah. all over people for the recycled bullshit that they're selling things like on the you know, first day. I'm going to, you know, have legislation where we have a, you know, expedited death penalty for mass shooters. Oh, that usually takes care of itself at the site. But yeah. We don't need that. That's not. You know what? You,
0: you know why they're all talking about Joe Biden's age? Because Donald Trump won't because he can't. This issue goes and, away when Trump gets the nomination
8: and oh, yeah, no, I and I and I think the the, the, the thing that's more concerning to me is that these these old tired trope ideas that have have been sort of what what GOP candidates talk about is not what America wants. It's not what people want. and yeah. And so I think that people want gun control people want to have control over their bodies they you know they these guys blame lawyers and they blame um uh they blame lawyers and software i found out tonight for the cost of health care no it's corporate right. greed that increases health care um totally. and so you know you just go down the line it's like these guys don't learn they they're old dogs no no new tricks
0: you know what i i'd love to talk about that about guys who just don't learn, because I'd like to shift a bit and bring up a, a certain Democrat who went on trial for corruption six years ago and was given a miracle of a hung jury. And you think that's where you learn and keep on the straight and narrow. But we're talking about Bob Menendez. Um, Chuck yeah. Schumer spoke today about the Bob Menendez charges. Now, yesterday, Tracy, the dam broke. Cory Booker it's now 20, Republic, uh, 20 Democratic senators have called for him to step down. Two nights ago, it was only three. Chuck Schumer still hasn't, but he talked about it, noting that Menendez will be addressing the Senate Dems tomorrow in a closed-door meeting. Give a quick listen to this.
2: Like you, I was just deeply disappointed, disturbed when I read the indictment. Look, I've known Senator Menendez a very long time, and it was truly, truly upsetting. Well, we all know that senators, for senators, there's a much, much higher standard. And clearly, when you read the indictment, Senator Menendez fell way, way below that standard. Tomorrow, he will address the Democratic caucus, and we'll see what happens after that.
8: Should he resign?
2: As I said, tomorrow, he will address our caucus, and we'll see what will happen after that.
0: Look, I respect the difficult position Schumer's in, but um, let's be honest here. (laughs) Al Franken was made to resign for accusations that were far less damaging than this. Al Franken was told if he didn't resign, he'd be made a pariah. Um, The last time Menendez was on the hook, there was a Republican governor of New Jersey. No one called for him to resign. It's not the case this time. There will be a primary in nine months, and there will most certainly be a different Democratic nominee uh, come Election Day next year. But the stakes are much lower. There's, I, I don't think, much to lose. This is the Democratic Party that's all about ejecting them, while Republicans are all about reelecting them. Why would the Democrats want to have the appearance of their own George Santos?
8: Um, I don't think that they do. But the problem that, that I have, and, and I, I, I love the rude pundit, I love him to death. And the two of us have been discussing this on Twitter. If people have been catching it, and um, I have a, a real problem with performative bullshit. Let's um, talk about it. There, there is a a rule. Uh, there, there, there's a rule within the Constitution that says the Senate can expel their own, and it's in Article One, Section uh, Five. Um, okay. And there's a process for this. They have a committee. It's the Ethics Committee, and what is required is for them, someone, to bring a complaint today senator patty murphy or yesterday senator patty murphy said that if he doesn't resign that she hopes that the the ethics committee will you know create or or start an investigation and my response is put your pen to paper and write a complaint because this this whole asking for resignation is just utter Bullshit. You have a process by which you can impose to try to expel this guy okay, if you truly yes. believe it.
0: Uh, do you, do but it. Don't you think a lot of these that senators doing are doing it. but don't you think a lot of senators are doing this because the spotlight's on them and they want to let their constituents know what side they come down on? They they know there's a process. They're just calling for it. Right.
8: Well, and but, but it's I believe in process and you know this about me. I believe very much yes. in process. So. The difference between Menendez and and I'm no fan. okay. I want to make that clear. But the difference between somebody like Menendez and somebody like Donald Trump is I actually saw Donald Trump do it. I actually saw him do the thing on January 6th. I actually have seen uh, his admissions on, on, you know, all of the social media. I've seen his admissions on TV. I am I am beyond a reasonable doubt confident that he committed those crimes with Menendez. I don't know enough. And I think that people are entitled to the presumption of innocence. And when Chuck Schumer or anyone else starts talking about a higher standard for senators, they can go blow it out their ear. The fact is, is that over history, uh, our government is full of of people that that were not great people. We have this tarnished memory of what the past looked like. Alexander Hamilton cheated on his wife. We had multiple people who, who owned enslaved uh people um sure. we have all sorts of people throughout history including modern times who were shitty human beings and they are not role models they're politicians
0: right. All right, l- let me ask you then we're gonna take a break in a second but before we do how many times has the Senate in its history sought to expel members
8: Absolutely. 30 times uh, they sought to expel up until 1862. 13 of those times was for being a a member or joining the Confederacy. After that, um, there were um, about 13 and it was uh, five had had resigned. One term expired, five expulsions failed and two took no Senate action. And both of those were for election fraud in 1934 in Louisiana. And so history has not supported expulsion in the Senate they don't know how to police their own because they don't want it to happen to them and so that's why they're doing this let's call for their their resignation
0: we got to hit a quick break, but when we come back, I want to go deeper into this and to talk to you actually about the process of the Senate Ethics Committee. Also, I want to play Congressman Pete Aguilar, who had some very pointed comments about Senator Menendez claiming this is happening because of anti-Latino racism. And finally, Tracy, when we come back, I want to play you uh, my favorite clip of the day of Lauren Boebert and my favorite clip of the day of Marjorie Taylor Green, And I want you to decide which one was more what we call goddamn stupid. Can you stay with us? <laughs> No, they'll, they'll both make you miss Michelle Bachman. We'll be right back. Our number is
5: 866-997-4748. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it
2: should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Dr. Tracy Pearson, it's so good to have you with us. When we hit the break, we were just talking about Robert Menendez. And all the times in history that senators were expelled or attempted to. Now, isn't it true that the Senate Ethics Committee could initiate an investigation here? That's the proper way to move forward, right?
8: Absolutely. They can initiate an investigation uh, and uh, they even have the ability to subpoena witnesses. They have the ability to even hire an outside law firm, let's say, to to conduct that investigation or to participate in that. Um, They have that that committee is a standing committee and it's a select committee and it has. Um, a, a plethora of resources allocated to it um, and an incredible website of information. Um, so I encourage people to check it out, but uh, they have an ability to do this. And so that's the thing that drives me crazy is that stop talking about it and go do it. Stop doing the the thing, the dancing and the the performative stuff. If you actually really care, take the step, file a complaint, go through the process, afford him the rights that he's entitled to, like, yeah. like you know, that they have in place. And I, what I want people to think about when when I talk about this is I want you to think about your own workplace. And, and because the Senate is his workplace, this is, we, we afford it something that it shouldn't be. We've, we've given some, some sort of glowiness to it that it shouldn't have. It's a job. It has a, yeah. a process by which he's hired, which is an election. And there is a way, uh, there's a contract and that's the constitution and and so that is how this works the the constitution provides a way for a removal and they have to police themselves and then they created these rules within their organization on how to do that now if you're working for your employer do you want them if you something should happen outside your employment that they find a problem for them do you want them to ask for your resignation every single day and have it one person after another do it you're right
0: you're right and again like i i i maintain the man's innocent until proven guilty i just think these senators have to go on the record as saying how they feel about this because of next year's election but go ahead please
8: yeah no and and i think that, that there's a way to do that um but i also think that there is and I, and I also think in some ways it's not the rest of the country's problem. It's it's New Jersey's problem. Mm-hmm. So the people who are running against him, they, they sure talk all about it all you want. But, but the people like the senators in California, mm, I don't think so. Like, you've got things that we need you to do and he's not your problem. You work with him. I get that. But, I, you know, getting airtime off of that is is less impressive to me than getting airtime off of what you're doing to try to get the people over in the house of representatives not to shut our country down
0: no you're right i just my god how how can they ever begin to police the supreme court when they clearly can't even police themselves i mean and this is the house too look at george santos just hanging out there i mean i know he's been indicted but i i think the democrats need to hang george santos around the republican party's neck the GOP will do the same thing with the Senator Menendez at this point, and it's very telling that no Republican senators have called on Menendez to resign be, because they'll need him for ammunition.
8: Right. And nobody and, and I have a, a theory about rules in within workplaces. And, and this is a workplace which is that they write them um, who how they're written and who writes them shows powers. Like the example I always give is universities like look at the faculty rules versus the staff rules. Okay. You know, faculty rules are like, would you, you know, please be so kind as to possibly not, you know, to consider not doing this. Whereas a staff <laughs> rule is thou shall not do. Okay. Right. And, and I'm right. exaggerating it, but, but it is that in fact, that, that distinct. And so here what we have is we have a process and we have some rules, but no senator wants to do this because nobody wants or, or even to make it more robust because, you know, it could happen to them. They don't want it Lim- to happen to them. They don't want to do it to them. And nobody wants to, to go after the guy. Right. I mean, even even though Democrats are absolutely about, you know, sort of this this they have this purity thing going on and everybody has to be oh, oh so perfect. Um, it is it is something that that they aren't making that step. And so I yeah. challenge every single one of them. If you got a problem with with the fact that this guy is facing an indictment and we all know what we say about indictments, right? indictments, you know, people would indict a ham sandwich because the standard is so low. Um, Then and it's so one sided, then then do it, do the thing and shut up and get on with your job, you know, and uh, because the process is so wonky.
0: Let me bring something else up. I, I knew Russell Brand was in real trouble when he tried to make it out like the deep state was coming after him for telling the truth about vaccines, you know? I mean, like, let's not forget they, they, that's how they got Harvey Weinstein. They didn't like what he was saying about the COVID vaccine, so the deep state got him on a completely unrelated Trump up <laughs> and Cosby, too. Um, I knew Robert Menendez was in serious trouble, not from the amount of gold bars or half a million dollars in cash in his house, but from when he came out immediately and said, and he knew this was coming, so he was ready. He had a story that he was being persecuted because of his Latino heritage. That's when I knew this was gonna be really, really, really bad. I wanna play you a clip of Congressman Pete Aguilar, and I wanna get off of this, but Pete Aguilar from California telling reporters today that he thinks Bob Menendez has resigned, and listen to him admonish the Senator for conflating discrimination with straight up criminal prosecution.
4: Sir, do you have any response to the calls for Senator Menendez to resign? I think Senator Menendez, just like every American, is due um, the opportunity to have a fair trial. He has an incredible track record, over 50 years of service to folks in New Jersey. Uh, He has lifted up issues that the Latino community cares about uh, time and time again. Uh, It doesn't bring me or any of us joy to say uh, that he should resign, uh, but he should uh, for the betterment of the democratic party, uh, for the people of New Jersey, it's better that he fights this trial, um, outside of the halls of Congress. Uh, I'd also say that you know, Latinos face you know, barriers and discrimination uh, across the board in so many categories, including in our, uh, justice system. This is not that, uh, what we read in the indictment and the charges, um, Uh, We should not conflate uh, the discrimination uh, and the issues and the barriers that Latinos have in the justice system uh, and across uh, industries uh, to um, uh, to what we see there today and the struggles uh, that Latinos face and the barriers that they face in so many ways. Uh, But it would be best if he if he resigned.
0: I think he said it beautifully. I mean, if I was a Latino who had suffered real discrimination because of my background, I'd be a bit miffed at Robert Menendez using that as his cover story.
8: Yeah. I mean, I think he had other, other explanations for things and, and I don't know if they stand up or not. And I get, I get where, where Aguilar is coming from. Um, and certainly Menendez has quite a bit of privilege in his pocket. So, um, you know, these, these things are never done perfectly. The responses are never done perfectly. And, um, one of the things we're really good at is nitpicking stuff, um, particularly in the Democratic Party.
0: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
8: So uh, but I you know, when when you comment on something that not you, but when 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 Aguilar comments on it, he's saying, you know, that, that how does he know whether this was discriminatory or not? I don't know. I haven't seen yeah, all the evidence, well, you know, and that's the thing fair. is that, it, you know, he's saying don't fight in the halls of Congress. The only reason why he's fi- fighting in the halls of Congress is because the people in the Senate are asking him to resign. And 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 the media wants a story that is literally what's happening. This guy could probably go about doing his job because I was a criminal defense lawyer for a period in my career. And my client would be charged, and if they were out on bail or, or, you know, out on their own personal recognizance, I wouldn't have anything to do with them until it came time to have something to do with them and the trial got closer. They go right. out and they live their lives. And Let's so this the is phones. the same thing.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of people waiting on hold forever. Uh, let's get some callers to weigh in on, uh, of course, Menendez and Joe Biden's real visit to a picket line and Donald Trump's fake visit to a picket line, and of course, tonight's uh, debate debacle. Richie in LA, what did you think of the debate? You're on SiriusXM with Dr. Tracy Pearson. Hello. Hi.
8: Hey, Richie.
0: She said hi, Tracy.
7: Hi. And Chris and John. Um, hey. I didn't see the debate. I just think Trump made a big mistake by not going because, you know, it happened in Simi Valley. That's where the Rodney King verdict was given. That's That's what caused the L.A. riots. And it's at the Reagan Library. This is a pilgrimage site for white people getting away with stuff. Trump should have been there. (laughs) It's also my mother's birthday, and she was a dermatologist, and she would have been fascinated by Trump's skin and hair.
8: Well, you missed missed Ron DeSantis saying that 10 to 20 years ago it was safe in L.A.
0: Oh, is that what he said? Uh, that's he beautiful.
8: did. Oh, he said right. that, well, he, that was, he recently he met a couple people who had been mugged and that he was going to do something about crime because 10 to 20 years ago it was safe in L.A.
0: Yeah. Ask Rodney King about that.
8: Exactly.
7: Right. Well, 10, wait, ten and 20 years ago, those were still Democratic administrations.
0: Uh, 20 <laughs> years ago, it was it was it was Bush. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait a
7: minute. Gov- I mean, and
0: Governor I mean, Arnold. 10 years ago. Yeah. Sorry
7: about that. It, ten it years doesn't ago. matter.
0: Ron DeSantis will. The Republican will not win the state of California. Either way, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. Uh, the whole thing was just ridiculous. I thought it was great that they were actually doing it at Ronald Reagan's, um, at Ronald Reagan's library. You know, right. I just thought, why not? Mm-hmm. This is a guy who you know never balanced a budget, made the government bigger, had to raise taxes eleven mm-hmm. times, made a segregationist <laughs> the chief justice of Supreme Court, illegally armed Saddam Hussein and the Ayatollah. Yeah, exactly. Let's bow down before him.
8: If they were in the right place.
0: You got it. Right.
7: Also, guy who dyed his hair.
0: Yes, as many presidents but, have.
8: But
7: the other thing about, you know, the thing about just you had the one woman on yesterday. He was talking about how accomplished he was. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't even govern. He doesn't do anything about the insurance companies when, when he yeah. was when San, Saint Petersburg was flooded. He was still on one of his foreign policy visits. So he's mm-hmm. manifesting instead of governing.
0: It's going to be interesting seeing how Desantis manages the fact that insuring a home in Florida got a bit trickier this week. Yeah, and it's climate change <laughs> too. It's but it's, but it's, again, it's climate change that's making it tougher to insure a home in his state, and he is very invested in denying the science of climate change. It's, I mean, I'd laugh if it wasn't so tragic. Uh, thanks very much for the call, Richie. I really appreciate hearing from you. you. Okay, Tracy, I, I need to I need to now, listen. I'm having a harder time. Telling lauren bobert and marjorie taylor gates apart. So I, I need you to tell me who actually won the day first I want to play uh, uh lauren bobert uh, Listen, I think Sexism is alive and well When lauren bobert's gender Is the one thing keeping her from taking being taken seriously as a fascist? Uh, here she is offering a way to save money and help the government uh, She's offering an amendment to cut the salary of one staffer in the department of defense because that staffer is a transgender person who doesn't deserve to be paid while serving our nation. And you'll note she repeatedly misgenders Sean Skelly in the process.
9: I offer my amendment that utilizes the Holman rule to reduce the salary of Sean Kelly, Assistant Secretary of Defense for Readiness. That salary shall be reduced to one dollar. As the Assistant Secretary of Defense, Mr. Skelly is the Principal Advisor to the Secretary of Defense and the Undersecretary of Defense for personnel and readiness on all matters related to the readiness of our armed forces.
0: That's Lauren Boebert trying to use the government to cut the pay of a member of the U.S. military. Yep. Pretty good, huh? Um, Mm. Now, Pierce bachelorette number two not to be outdone representative marjorie taylor green proposes an amendment to do the exact same thing to the secretary of defense lloyd austin who just happens to be a black man
1: I urge the house to adopt my amendment madam chair to take Secretary Lloyd Austin's salary using the Holman rule, which is a rule that allows us to fire failures that are serving our government and serving our country. Lloyd Austin is not serving the United States military. Lloyd Austin is leading it into failure. And with that, Madam Chair, I yield. The
9: gentleman from Georgia uh, yields back the balance of her time. The questions on the amendment offered by the gentlewoman from Georgia. Those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed say no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it. The amendment is agreed to.
0: Now, um, beside the fact, put aside the fact that, that she sounds like Sylvester the cat. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, wow. Who would have thought the Republican Party would be the defund the military party in the middle of a government shutdown fight?
8: Well, I have been saying it. I've said it many, many weeks in a row that that it is uh, the Republican Party used to be the union for the military. And the military now has switched unions and they have the Democratic Party uh, representing their interests. And they should remember that come election time. Um, as far as which one of them is is, you know, blacks lacks, lacks a, the level of intelligence necessary to uh, be in their respective roles. I think that it's a draw. But when it comes to true meanness, I think Lauren Boebert gets it.
0: Uh, I think you might be right. Good, good, good call. Good call. I, I resp- yes. Thank <laughs> We're you. 866 997 Forty-seven, forty-eight. Brian in Oregon, thank you for waiting on hold. You're on with Dr. Tracy.
9: Hey, hey John. Hi, Tracy. Dr. Tracy.
0: Hey. Hello. Hi, hey Brian.
9: Hi. Um, I was thinking of Jeff yesterday from California, L.A., who was on earlier. Yes. Uh, yes. The, the great union uh, caller uh, when yes. Biden was marching on the uh, picket line. Uh, mm-hmm. what, a, what a high that guy must have had.
0: I should well, have asked him about it. It's, I mean, it was such a high for me. It was yeah. one of those moments where I'm like watching the news saying, wow, I wish my dad was alive to see this. And I don't yeah. say that too often watching the news in this century, I've got to tell you.
9: Exactly, yeah. Well, And you couldn't pay me to watch that debate. Um, <laughs> or any of those. They're not really debates. It's just obscene to call them debates, really.
0: They paid um, me not to watch it tonight. I had to come to work.
9: Uh, yeah, good. I'm going to actually send you some or- organic Orville Redenbacher for some of these... Uh, on <laughs> episodes that you got to
0: be tortured by. No, what do I keep saying? You do not get to pop any popcorn until the day Giuliani and Trump turn on each oh, other. Oh yeah. well, And I'll that day is coming. coming. That day is coming. I promise.
9: I'll send you and Chris and and uh, Thea. Okay. Popcorn. I've been investing
8: okay. in popcorn. I I I popped popcorn earlier when when I was watching people go after Taylor Swift.
0: Oh mm, really? I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the they're really is. scared of her. They're scared of her because she's going to undo all their voter ID bullshit. She's going to get young people registered to vote. She's okay, not even yeah. picking a candidate yet. She's doing the scariest thing that every pop every celebrity should be doing, voter registration. This party knows they can't win on the issues. They know it. That's why they never talk about their issues. Well, so they try to make it as hard as possible for some people to vote and getting everyone met, like like voter, you know, motor voter registration when you get your license, you're automatically registered. That's yep. their worst Nightmare. President Bush Sr. vetoed that. They're so scared of high voter turnout because high voter turnout always hurts Republicans and authoritarians.
8: Taylor Swift yeah. broke Ticketmaster. I mean, yeah. her her tour broke Ticketmaster. And I saw a guy, you know, I can't remember what his name is. I try to forget these things. Uh, make some stupid comment that he that that Taylor Swift was in such dire straits for money. And I'm like, dude, her 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 tour grossed over a billion. That's with a B. And uh-huh. Um, her her movie on her tour has is slated to have an opening weekend of about 120 to 125 million um, gross, if if not more.
9: Yeah, God, it's, it's something. And I think none of those people have a chance hell or Yunkin, or anybody else, because because of the voting issue and because of abortion and uh, reproductive health and freedom and guns. I mean, they're just a plethora of. There's just these people don't have a chance, and uh, I don't think it's all just mm-hmm. flapping gums and, and trying to get ratings or some damn thing. But um, I would hope my next uh, optimism thing is for Biden to go and work at a couple of uh, around different states at food banks and talk yes. to people in uh, soup kitchens.
0: I think you're right. I think, but I think I, I I do. But again, people who care about poor folks are already voting. For joe biden people who think poor folks are lazy and deserve it or they're all drug addicts they're not going to vote for him if they see him at a soup kitchen biden also, needs to they, show up might, he needs to show might. up in hollywood and outside a studio with actors he needs to show that's up at right, more strikes and with starbucks workers too
9: yeah and uh the uh was it fedex or, or um amazon guys and that one guy uh unionized in uh new york if someplace? they go on
0: strike if they go on yeah. strike yeah
9: but um yeah, and I, I, but I think it would be great for the morale of of those people getting food from food banks, and those are the working poor. And uh, if he's got, they've got the president. Because li- one benefit of Joe Biden is he actually can listen, yeah, and be empathetic to stories. And anyway, that's just my really humble thought. I also thought he might want to tour, go and visit a Native American reservations.
0: I, well, I think he should as well. But again, he's going to get that vote. He made the he's the first president to appoint a First Nations person to a cabinet position. Yeah, exactly. But going for marginalized peoples aren't going to help him with folks who don't care about marginalized people. So I, I hate to say it. I want to see well, it from my heart. But on a political level, he's, he's got to go more mainstream. But he should show up at a reservation. Absolutely. I think Hillary Clinton should have been the standing rock too. Dr. Tracy Pearson. What is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your many doings?
8: I am everywhere on uh, TikTok, on, on the Blue Sky Place, everywhere, Instagram threads, whatever, at uh, Tracy Explains. I have a Substack, Dr. Tracy Explains, and I have a website, TracyExplains.com.
0: We've talked a lot about how Donald Trump had a very bad day yesterday, essentially finding out the business he inherited from his father is kaput. And uh, boy, he's going to be a lot poorer when this is done. But we did not spend enough time talking about what a bad day it was for his two oldest sons, Fredo and Shemp. Uh, I understand that you (laughs) actually had some uh, Twitter uh, comments for uh, our good friend Eric earlier today. What did 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 Beavis say?
8: well what he said was he he was just absolutely incensed and distressed and beside himself that that they were trying to run his father throw his father out of new york and i i felt the need to point out to him that number one his father left new york and number two his father was always willing or or happy they will be happy to welcome him back as a visitor or um, he can always move back if he so chooses, but but it's just that he can't operate a business there. And and so there's a distinction in, with that. And I, I find it really funny that Trump ran out of New York down to Florida, registered there as a as, you know, voter and all of that stuff. Ran away resident. from New York. New York was a terrible place. But now, you know, his feelings are hurt.
0: <laughs> well, I have it on good authority that the state of New York and a few other states would be very willing to offer Donald Trump uh, taxpayer-funded housing and meals and even a chance for him to get an education and have a, have a job uh, w- as a ward too. of the state. What, what did you think of uh, of Joe Biden showing up on a picket line yesterday? I never I, thought I'd ever see a president do that.
8: I watched it live and I loved it. I loved it. I couldn't pull myself away from the TV on it. I loved it. I just was. He is just such a warm, kind person and and genuine he's genuine and he was there and he was genuine and and he was engaged with people and um he was comfortable and he he frankly the secret service was was more concerned than than he was being there
0: yeah yeah yes to all that stuff i was just happy to see a democrat doing smart campaign strategy for once uh, thank you so much Tracy for joining us thank you to the great Bob Sesker as well thanks to all of our callers all night long we will be back tomorrow with an all new show and um, by the way we'll be doing the Stephanie Miller Sexy Liberal Tour live in LA on October 21st you can make it there in Beverly Hills at the Saban Theater or watch the whole thing on pay-per-view at sexyliberal.com thank you Chris help. thank you Dr. Tracy, and thank you, Thea Harper. We'll see you tomorrow. This is progress.
4: Did
1: you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3, it comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not cheap. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.